Dr. Mike here. Do fibroids and ovarian cysts have you down? Well, stick around. We have some solutions for you. You're listening to Live Foreverish, a show dedicated to helping you live just a little longer. Here's your hosts, Dr. Mike and Dr. Crystal Gossard. All right, welcome to Live Foreverish. I'm Dr. Mike. I'm here with my co-host, Dr. Crystal Gossard. Welcome. Thank you, Dr. Mike. It's a, this is an important topic. Yeah. It's it's important for me particularly <laughs> because well, I you're a woman. <laughs> because yes, yeah. that's it. That's state <clears throat> the obvious, um, and also because I'm an African American woman, and uterine fibroids in particular, yeah, the incidence are, is higher. It's right? higher yeah. in uh, the African American. It's pretty community. significant, right? Like when you compare to um, like a. Another Hispanic, uh, yes. white. You're, it's yeah, pretty two high. to three times more prevalent. Yeah, yeah. I in, remember hearing that in our community. So, right. um, so, so yeah, and actually, this topic. You know, I brought this topic to you based on feedback from some of my friends and yeah. the African American communities. Say, hey, can you? Do a talk on yeah. uterine I'm glad. fibroids. I'm glad. I'm glad we're talking yeah. about this. So let's. So we got we got fibroids and ovarian cysts. Let's start with the fibroids. Let's okay. go there. I think that's yeah. where we'll spend probably most of our time. Yeah. Um. And so I'm gonna. You know, this is this is your show, Doctor Gossard. I just let's give us the 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 what they are, what kind of symptoms they produce, and how are they diagnosed? Yeah. Well, let's start off by what they are not. <clears throat> oh, yeah, that's good. They are not cancer. Very good. And uh, typically, do not become cancerous. So for those of you listening, you can take a sigh, a, a breath of relief. Yeah. Um, but and nevertheless. Don't, don't, but don't be, and, but be careful. If you go like online, they often will say like fibroid tumors. Don't yes. let that word tumor throw you off, That's right? very true. Yeah, tumors can be completely benign and nothing. Exactly. And then they, but then they can also go down the other yeah, way. So, uh, so there are growths of the uterus, and, you know, all, there are lots of symptoms, pelvic pain, pressure, bladder pressure, uh, constipation is often a complaint, um, and, of course, prolonged uh, menstrual bleeding, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. very heavy cycles as well. Well, what exactly are they? Like, what is that? When you Because you can see them, like, on ultrasounds and stuff. And, yeah. You know, what, 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 tell us what really that growth is. Yeah, it's just fibrous tissue um, that's growing, and they can grow to be quite large, um, as large as a grapefruit. Yeah. And people yeah. can have multiple ones, and sometimes they're growing on the inner uh kind of the inner parts of the uterus, and sometimes they are on the outer side of the uterus. And um, so it really, how the doctors would uh, choose to treat you or your your risk for, um, you know, having concerns with pregnancy, it all varies based right. on, you know, exactly where they're located, if they can move or not, or if they're kind of connected yeah. strongly to the uterine wall. I, in my experience, you know, I did radiology for mm-hmm. a while, and um, in my experience, they are large, and it's usually multiple. Very, yes. very rarely did you see like one small fibroid. Right. And if you ever did, you're like, okay, I'm missing something. There's yes. something else. There's mm-hmm. other ones in here. I'm yeah. just not seeing it. Mm-hmm. Well, other than so, African American is a risk factor, right? What, right. what else? But what just else do we women have? in general, up to 75 percent of women will have them at some point. But with the stat that was so shocking, by age 50, over 80% of African-American women will have them. So, you know, that's high. high. And what makes me, I guess, concerned or sometimes I get emotional about it is that 
it's the um, the number one cause of hysterectomy mm-hmm. in the U.S. Yeah. So you know when you think about this community and now their doctors are kind of pushing them towards hysterectomies. I have you know a couple of friends and they're they don't have children and uh, they have fibroids and their doctors are kind of saying, well, you know, yeah. that's well, that is hysterectomy I mean, that, is an option. I I I I think I guess. Today, it's still the standard. If you have multiple big ones, yeah. you know, the standard. Yeah, symptomatic ones. Yeah, yeah, symptomatic, multiple. That that still is the standard of care. I, but I, yeah, do, you, do you, is that evolving at all, though? I mean, are, are doctors maybe trying some other therapies first, reserving that, that, that pretty invasive procedure to the last resort? What is it? Is there any change? Well, you do see some doctors trying other um, methods to maybe stop the menstrual cycle is an option. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, surgery to remove the fibroids, but some women, you know, they undergo two, three surgeries. Just to, yeah, because they're and multiple. And then the doctor the, says, yeah. okay, we, we can't continue to perform the surgery. Um, but, you know, there are different procedures to also kind of go in and stop the blood supply to those fibroid tumors. Mm-hmm. So there, there are options other right. than a hysterectomy. And I would say if you want to have children and you have a doctor that's making you feel uncomfortable with like maybe you're being pushed too far in in the direction that you don't want to go, find another doctor. Yeah. I think that's I think that's great advice. Right. There's I I, I think more of us, I can say us because all of us are patients yeah. at some point, right? <laughs> yes. Um I'm probably one of the worst ones ever, but all of us <laughs> Uh, I believe are, that we're we're in that position. I you know second opinions, third opinions, yes. fourth opinions. I mean anything major. Yes. If you're going to go in, uh, you know into surgery, if it's cancer, if it's whatever, if if it's a big thing, yes, yeah, we should be talking to and more. And look doctors. for a clinical trial. Yeah. Clinicaltrials.gov. I know there's one um, where they were recruiting, and there is a drug for endometriosis where. Um, there's some promising benefit with fibroids. Mm-hmm. So, you know, maybe you can get in a trial and... and Try some newer ways maybe as they're testing. newer ways, yeah. yes. So, so, let, so, so you ran through some of the, the, the basically the conventional yeah. approach. And yeah. at the end of the day, it's, it's hysterectomy, right? So, yes. what, so if a woman doesn't want to go down that route and she is symptomatic, mm-hmm. what, what, what can we offer them then in the world that we deal more, yes. which is the supplement world, nutrition world? What's out there? Yeah, diet and lifestyle, it plays a major role. I would say, number one, look at your diet. Um, and make sure you're getting lots of cruciferous vegetables, things that can help you to detox some of the estrogen. We do know that estrogen and now progesterone, which is a little bit of a controversial uh, topic, but both of those hormones can cause the fibroids to grow. And and, and so the cruciferous vegetables, they are going to help with some of that hormonal balance, metabolizing estrogen. detox of the estrogen. Yeah, yeah, because we know um, estrogen is highly metabolized, right? And so yes. sometimes it can go down pathways where it causes more growth. Exactly. But there are other pathways that I think cruciferous vegetables uh-huh. support that aren't as proliferative, and you want those pathways on, exactly. right? Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So weight management. It's funny. It's funny. It's back at you. Funny you talk about the progesterone, right? Oh yeah. So when I was a young integrative doctor, 
That was a key thing I went to. Yes. We didn't have the, we didn't understand that there are con, uh, progesterone receptors on some of these fibroids. And our idea back then was mm -hmm. it was all estrogen dominance. And I think that that still can be the case because we know that estrogen says grow. Mm -hmm. Progesterone typically says stop growing. Calm it down. Calm, calm down the, the Bring growth. it down. <laughs> exactly. Bring it down a notch. Uh, but what we're finding is, the and it really all depends now. Yeah, there are some yeah. people where the progesterone can be it helpful. I've seen it help. I yes. have. I've seen it help, but then I've also seen it... Um, make it worse. <laughs> and, and you know, some people, especially if you're estrogen dominant, you probably are having gastrointestinal issues. You're probably dealing with anxiety. You're not sleeping well. So some people say, you know what, give me a little bit of that progesterone yeah. just to kind of balance out the estrogen. Yeah, and it just yeah. helps me feel so, better overall. So, so um, the cruciferous vegetables are important there. Mm -hmm. But also then do you suggest that most women with fibroids, they need to be looking at, they need a hormone panel. Like oh, where, where's absolutely. everything at, right? Yeah. Hormone panel, and I like that you said a panel. Um, people that I've spoken to, their doctors, they're only they testing yeah. estrogen yeah. if they test. Yeah. And usually just one form of estrogen. One form of estrogen, yeah. and when you look at all of the hormones together, now you have a better picture right. of you know what's going on. So, but, so more cruciferous vegetables. Anything else there in the diet that's um, key? You think or? red meat. Limit it. I would oh. say cut it out. <laughs> I got excited there for that. <laughs> no, we're not going to say go have a steak. Yeah. Um, but, you know, limit red meat. Um, make sure you're eating lots of fruit and vegetables. Control your weight. Higher BMI equals uh, more fibroids. Yeah. yeah. Um, and we know that excess fat can um, actually has produces an enzyme that can make more estrogen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. for sure, right? The more fat, the more estrogen production mm -hmm. in a lot of women. So Exercise. So yeah. research shows seven hours or more per week. There you go. So it's going to kind of lower the fat. You, you got to get out. Lower move. insulin because yeah. insulin's a growth factor. Yeah. So these are things, you know, you have to control your blood sugar, control your weight, exercise. Right. These are... You know, some things that's, that's kind of tried and true. Are there specific supplements, though, that, that have maybe shown some help or some efficacy here? Number one supplement would be vitamin D. Yeah, okay. And you do find a direct correlation uh, with vitamin D. Women with lower serum vitamin D levels are more likely to develop fibroids. Yeah. Um, so one thing with vitamin D, make sure you're testing What's your, your vitamin level? D levels. No, you got to know your level. What are your levels? I know my level. What are they? Or how what is how it? I told you. What are they? How many Ds do I have? <laughs> I told you. Didn't I tell you, you it's once? It's 50. It, no. 60. 75. <laughs> I don't remember that. 50 to, what do we say? 50 to 80? 50 to 80. Um, nanograms, nanograms per, per mil. Yeah, uh, I was at deciliter. 75. Yeah, I think, I, I personally think you need to be higher in that range. Yeah, you you really should. And most of your doctors, if you're above 30, they'll say that you're okay. You're but fine. try to reach for that at least to get to the 50. Yeah, okay. Um, and another nutrient, green tea. Nice. Drink green tea. Green tea, specifically EGCG, which is what you find well, in green tea. But I, okay, so I drink green tea for sure. But yeah. I'm, am I going to get enough of the uh, EGCG, right? It's, no. Yeah. No. So, but you still want to drink it because it's it's healthy. You'll get yeah. some of the synergy. Well, drink it with your capsule. That's what. Yes. Yeah. That's what I always suggest. Yeah. You're starting to yeah. get in my head, well, Doctor Mike. I know some people. <laughs> Lord no, <laughs> I know some people who actually. We'll open up the capsule and dump it in the green tea. 
No. Oh. I'm like, you know, if you, I, I, I would prefer you just take the capsule. I don't know what that heat yes. might do. But hmm. at the end of the day, if that's what they do, that's what they do. Sounds like a decent strategy. Yeah. I wouldn't knock that. So we got we got to keep going. So you yeah. also have, uh, I see the curcumin. Curcumin is beneficial, uh, very promising preliminary studies, but it's something that can um, okay. be beneficial. And uh, black cohosh. Black cohosh. Yeah, I think 40 milligrams of black cohosh. I think a lot of women are familiar, familiar with that with menopause. Stuff. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. All right. So let's move then over to um, what the, the formal were uh, phrases polycystic ovarian syndrome. Yes. And I think it's important that people realize when you see syndrome at the end of a phrase, it, it usually means we don't know exactly the cause. It's probably multifactorial. So we wrap it up in this word syndrome. So right. And it's a disease of exclusion, basically. So they kind of exclude... This Other isn't things. it. This yeah. isn't it. This. Oh, okay. Oh, well, you got PCOS. PCOS. That's what it looks like, <laughs> which is so unfortunate for the many people who are dealing with this yeah. because they are probably getting underdiagnosed. Yeah. And the doctor's treating other things. So we're talking about cysts that form in the ovaries, right? Um, yeah. Sometimes it's correlated with breast cysts too, but for the, we're talking about the ovaries right now. Yes. Though. Mm -hmm. um, tell us a little bit about uh, why why do they form and what are some of the symptoms? Well, there's a thought that, um, and you, when you kind of think about the menstrual cycle, I'm going to try to keep this really simple, Dr. Mike, yeah, so you're, keep you're, me you're on ma track. You're, you're making me a little nervous already. When she starts <laughs> yeah, doing this, when yeah, she starts getting her hands get... going, I get a little nervous. Oh, I got to like, <laughs> So the menstrual cycle is controlled by hormones, and some of the hormones are coming directly from the brain, and the brain's telling the ovaries to make estrogen and, and there's some progesterone that's being made. So to sum everything up, in the menstrual cycle during, um, you know, the first phase of your menstrual cycle, which is called your follicular phase, that's the phase where the follicle is kind of, which is... Which is your pre-egg, basically. Your pre-egg, yeah. yeah. It's kind of maturing. And then during ovulation, you release that egg. Right, right. So you're talking about the period before that release. Exactly. That's so during this yeah. period before the release, there are hormones that's kind of controlling the maturation of that egg. And what we're finding is that some of there's an imbalance in those hormones. So those eggs aren't maturing all the way. Mm -hmm. And then they start to accumulate. Yeah, and they they, develop, they become cystic-like, and that's exactly. That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. And symptoms, you know, what common ones? Well, you're not ovulating, so yeah. you start missing your menstrual cycle. So that's you have probably a regular key one. menstrual you have to keep cycles. An eye out on yeah, that, right? maybe yeah. eight per year. Yeah. Um, and and then you also have um, excess production of male hormones, so testosterone okay. tends to be elevated. So you start seeing male um, stuff. Yes. Facial hair, right? Acne, facial hair. Acne? Well, we're not the only ones that get acne. <laughs> Hannah's having a great time with that one. Male pattern baldness. Um, so that's something that also um, can occur. So what do we, I mean, I, I, I know I, as a, I mean, I am trained as a conventional medical yeah. doctor. We don't really do anything for PCOS. And we, we, we maybe try to manage some of the pain and whatever, but we, there's, we're not really addressing the issue. Yeah, but, well, I think they're probably addressing the most, I, the main concern, which is the excess insulin and yeah. glucose issues that yeah. come along the metabolic with it. syndrome, the metabolic that syndrome, the yeah. central obesity um, that tends to occur. But we're not with focused it. on the cyst out. We just let the ovaries no, go. No, I mean you yeah. just have to try to. I mean these people, their insulin is so high they actually start having um, a, 
a condition where it's called anth- anthosis niagarans, yes. where there's like the the skin texture changes. Yeah. It turns darker. It's rubberyish, like yeah, a little yes. like uh, wrinkly and rubberish, rubberish, rubberyish. Rubberyish. Is that a word? <laughs> and is that a word? Rubberyish, rubberish. Yeah. So the the insulin resistance is one of the main issues. Right. So targeting that usually with a metformin or some yeah. type of uh, so, diabetes medication. And, and unfortunately, in the I mean, is there is there any, because this is what, if somebody has yeah. PCOS, they, they're going to wonder, is there a supplement that will shrink the cysts? I can't they're say not. that there is. Well, I haven't seen anything. But yet. I would tell you, there are things that you can do to manage, kind of get the body back in balance. Mm-hmm. And really it's focusing on diet, exercise. Yeah. I think that's a good way it of thinking back it. There. It's you know PCOS um, is a is a sign to us that there's mm-hmm. something you're you're out of you're a little out of balance yeah. with stuff, hormones exactly. and and so correcting some of these they they may seem separate but working on your sugar, working exactly. on your insulin, losing some weight, yep. all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. can eventually maybe decrease some of that cystic burden. In, in exactly. There. And, you know, nutritionally, even with supplementation, you just want to think about nutrients that's going to help to support blood sugar. Yeah. So you have chromium listed. Yeah, chromium, inositol. Lipoic acid, I see there. Yeah. Yep. Cinnamon. I cinnamon. Love cinnamon. Yeah, that's great. So uh, great information. Um, uh, hopefully, if, if you're somebody with fibroids or PCOS, uh, you have you, you have some knowledge now. Maybe mm-hmm. do some more research. Check out lifeextension.com. Yeah, we have a we couple have, of really good We have protocols. two protocols on this, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, and they go in depth. <laughs> But if you get confused, then we have health advisors, or what? Are we, I'm sorry, well, yes, what are we calling wellness now? Specialists. Wellness specialists that you yeah, can call and talk to. Yeah, that was a blast from the past. Yeah, health. And, that was an old term. <laughs> I know. Uh, Dr. Gossard, as always, thank you so much. Thank you, Dr. Mike, as well. Yeah, I want to thank this you for was a good talk. This was this is one of the best ones you've ever done. Thank you for listening and watching. I'm moving on from that. Thank you for listening and watching uh, Live Foreverish. <laughs> for more podcasts, head over to liveforeverish.com. That's Live Foreverish. Please subscribe so you never miss a show and like it and share it as much as you can. I'm Dr. Mike. Thanks for listening.